Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. Hi everybody, welcome back to the big interview. It's Graham here. This time my guest is Graham Lasol. A title winner with Blackburn Rovers, a Cup Winners' Cup winner with Chelsea, and England international at left back. But in part one of this interview, the two of us wanted to talk about his latest incarnation. Graham is an executive director at Mallorca, where he is part of an innovative team steering that club's mission to gain a strong foothold in La Liga. As you'll hear, that means an international effort drawing from big brains in business and the NBA to build a club that is always looking to the next phase of the plan. It doesn't just sound interesting, it's working. As I record this, Mallorca have just beaten Atletico Madrid, Spain's champions in the Spanish capital. Talking to Graham Rousseau, I was hugely impressed. He fascinated me. I think you'll have the same reaction. Here's part one of Graham Rousseau. It's the big interview, uh, listeners. Hi again. The guest is more important, but I'm I'm looking at a kind of big black globe with a red eye staring at me that H.G. Wells could have invented because Neil has bought a new recording device. So maybe I sound like Orson Welles or Peter Ustinov now because the device is so clever. That's irrelevant compared to the guest we have today. We're happy and privileged to have Graham Lassau with us. Um, thank you, Graham, for taking time. Out of what we've just been talking about is a, is a very rich and varied London life. I'm, I'm jealous of it, but how the hell have you found time for us? Like maybe it's the quality of the mint tea. It definitely is, yeah. and and the respect I have for you. So thank you for inviting Ooh, me. Steady now, well, there you go. You I, I, I do reserve <laughs> the right to withdraw that comment after the interview. You see, that's the caliber. <laughs> okay, you've taken me to the first subject because there's so much that's been um, interesting and successful about a life and a career really well spent you're a talented articulate man but you're also doing something that or you have been doing something that really excites me because of the many and varied participants in La Liga or the Segunda Mallorca is one that in a way has been ignored a little bit because it's easier to forget about a club that's on an island over the years prior to your involvement with, with some pretty illustrious partners and friends, it hasn't been run all that well. 
there was a time when they were ultra successful. Everybody will have forgotten that they reached a European final within Apart our from working. me, because we played against no, them I in the semi final for Chelsea. Going to come to that, I must admit. But you won another trophy, so <laughs> But you've been helping run, revive Mallorca. One, why? <laughs> and two, what kind of taste is it? What kind of fun is it? So, in answer to the first question, why? Obviously. You know, my life is football. The passion for playing has been transferred to a passion for, for sort of work, staying within the game. So I work with NBC, the American broadcaster covering the Premier League. So I'm equally as passionate with, with my work for NBC as I was as I was playing. want to continue to learn about the game, improve and see where I can help. And then my passion with the work that I do with Real Mallorca and the ownership um, is another opportunity for me to really learn and, and evolve and, and understand a different part of the game, um, a different perspective, um, and see what, ex- what my experiences have been as a player from the perspective I've had, what I, what I can then, I suppose, pass on into, into, um, into a football club in a longer-term, longer I suppose, project, mm-hmm. um, and not looking at it as much from my own perspective as what's in the best interests of the club. Mm-hmm. And so it's so many, there's so many different layers to being involved in a football club. Um, so I got involved initially because a good friend of mine who I worked with at NBC, Kyle Martino, mm-hmm. um, is very good friends with Steve Nash, the basketball player, and Stuart Holden, the former Bolton um, player. I like to think of him uh, mm. as... Aberdeen man, Aberdeen Stuart Holden, man. because exactly. that's what he is. But exactly. I admit other things have interfered <laughs> in his life, yeah. And it was just a, a sort of a series of fortunate sort of connections, or unfortunate connections, depending on, on uh, who you're looking at it, you know, from which perspective you're looking at it from. Fortunate. Fortunate, I think. Um, and I ended up having a conversation with one of the owners um, who had just bought Real Mallorca, Robert Sava, who was in London, um, about the potential for working with them on the club that they just acquired. Mm. I've had a long history of spending time, um, family time in Mallorca over 25 years. Mm. So um, know, you know, know a lot of people on the island, local people, um, uh, always kept an eye on, on the club in terms of how it was doing and, and, and what was going on without really ever understanding that. Um, and, and it just sort of, you know, everything aligned and... Um, at the lowest point of, of the Mallorca ownership was um, they got relegated to Segunda B. Um, and I'd already had some conversations with, with, with uh, Robert and Andy Kohlberg, the other, who's the president of the club and the other, the other owner, main owner. Um, and we, we had a meeting in, in California. I was out there with my family. And I sat down with, with Andy and Steve Nash and, and, and they said, look, we actually really do want you to be involved. Can you, you know, and I, th- I was thinking Segunda B, that's, you know, regional football. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I was in my, in my heart, I was thinking, well, what, what, how can I help you at this point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, 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 it meant them taking... Well, because your experience as a player has been... It- Really has been elite. Yeah, and, 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 and again, it's chasm. Not, yeah, and it was not. A, it was not. Um, not from a point of view of being. There was no snobbery attached no. to that. It was more, you know, the, the level of detail you're working at. Are they prepared to invest in that? Given that the team's in Segunda B, and I remember sitting down with them and saying, "You've got to make this the best thing that's ever happened to you." Good. Because you've got an opportunity to to, to start from a, 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 a blank, you know, with a blank canvas and build the club that you want to build. Um, and that meant um, changing the culture, mm-hmm. um, changing the, the the sort of the, the trajectory, and 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 giving people something to be optimistic for, rather than frustration. That I think was 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 very much part of the club frustration from the fans because the team was underperforming. Frustration within certain quarters, good people trying to do work, and the culture not allowing them to to, to do that. So so we worked on on that principle, um, and. The coach that came in, um, Vicente, I know, um, talented man. He he did, you know, came in that first season. Um, the 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 club had brought in players that have, have been incredible. We've still got four players, I think, who were with us in Segunda B. You know, Salva Sevilla. Salva Sevilla. You know, he's man. probably the pick of the bunch in that sense. Just for those 
you describe them, but for those who don't have the chance to watch La Liga at the moment or didn't see him, I think, Espanol, mm. or, we're talking about somebody who just understands space yeah. and the ball, his touch is good, mm. age seems to be of relevance to him, because yeah. about 38, 39, exactly. maybe yeah, 38, even more. 38, 38, I think he is. Nick's yeah. about the pitch because he's mm. clever about mm. where he goes and uses the ball delightfully. At the weekend, just before we um, spoke, or over the last couple of games, mm. he scored peaches of goals. Yeah. He, he's so he's so talented. Um, as you say, his, his awareness of the game, awareness of space, technical ability. Um, and, and physically, you know, at 38, he's, he's still, um, you know, He's he's a lot fitter than most thirty-eight-year-olds. Obviously, the problem is when you're coming up against um, younger players in those midfield roles. There's a physical element that sometimes is 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 holds him back, shall we say? Yeah. But it's always like anything in in sport. There's there's risk reward ratios <laughs> in yeah. everything. Yeah. So do you risk? the physical to get the reward of the technical mm-hmm. and that's down to the coach to, 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 to work that out but you know these, these players that we had as part of the core of the squad then have been absolutely incredible they're the, they're the, the foundation of all of the success that, that, that we've had in, in the last five, five years um, and of course success is, rel- is relative but um, to bounce straight from third to second yeah. and then we went second to first First back to second, and then second back to first. So we've got this, we've got this environment that you know. My role, I suppose, if I was to describe my role, it's to try to help create a sustainable, successful football club. Not doing well <laughs> because no, we've been in a I, different division every year for the last if, five. Even if our listeners mm. haven't followed it in detail and mm. can't contest that, I should because the effort about staying up was. Extraordinary. Mm. Mallorca and the year they went down were attractive. They mm. were clearly robust. It came down to very late. It came down mm. to probably insufficient use of um, the Japanese winger, who's a yeah. real talent, and, mm. and it took a while for the coach to... Mm. But I need to stop you, because you, you used the phrase, maybe the culture at Mallorca mm. was slowing things down and wasn't quite right. Certainly explain what you mean by that if you want, but... Mm. If you then jump to the coming up from Segunda to the Primera the first time, mm. where if I'm not wrong, Deportivo La Coruña is the opponent in the playoffs up in Galicia. It's quite a comprehensive 2-0, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And reasonably comprehensive. Absolutely. And then the big game, like mm. the cup final, which is the equivalent of the, uh, what do you call it here, the championship at Wembley and whatever. Yeah. You, you, you have to take them on the island, you're 2-0 down mm. from starts. It's an extraordinary night but the culture as well as the effort as well as the skills mm. the, the belief yeah. that we can do this yeah. nothing is beyond us to me that was one of the outstanding Spanish games of the last six or seven uh, it, years it was incredible um, yeah like you say comfortably be- beaten 2-0 in, in, in Deportivo at, at, um, and had a man sent off um, I think after about 60 minutes or so um, which was incredible because I think that started the revival because we didn't concede after that. We kept it at two um, and we it meant that the player that was sent off, Pedrasa, his name was, um, didn't play in the second leg, but young Idrissa Baba, who's now making a real name nice for himself as a holding midfield yeah. player, he he played in that second leg mm-hmm. um, um, at, at, at some mosh and um, he played an outstanding game of football that day he he played like two people because he, he's known as the octopus mm-hmm. um, il pulpo <laughs> and um, he's just got he's, he, he at his best he, he covers the pitch so well um, receives the ball in tight areas and is a good good very good player and that was I don't think he would have played no. if, if, if Pedraza hadn't been sent yeah. off so one man's misfortune is someone else's opportunity and and it was funny because Deportivo had, I think, the best defensive record in Segunda. And to be 2-0 up, for us to, to have to score three was uh, almost a mountain that people had written us off. And we scored. We were all there. The owners were there. And um, I was sat next to one of the other owners, a, a gentleman called Glenn. And uh, everyone was obviously excited, nervous. And we scored in the first half. And we were playing really well. It went, we went in at half-time at 1-0. And I remember the, the owner saying to me, we, need, we needed the second, we needed the second. I went, no, no, one at half time is perfect because it doesn't change the team talk. 
two two and you're drawing suddenly that team talk at half time becomes really critical do we do we push we... do we hold do we at 2-1 we had the same mentality and we played fantastically but even then um at 3-2 Deportivo had a chance mm-hmm. they had a header mm-hmm. that missed the post by about three inches with our goalkeeper rooted to the spot and that's the margin that you're dealing with they're the margins in the end that you're dealing with and you can't and this is why I talk about culture and I'm sort of I always try to look beyond the result because yeah. because it, at the end if we'd not got promoted because of that header mm. Would that change how we run the club? It, it no, shouldn't, should it? no. But it, unfortunately, in football, some, I think it does. Do. <laughs> yeah. And so, very much part of what we've been trying to do from day one is is build a plan that is um, is process driven, not without passion. Because when you talk about process, you sort of think, well, that means you take the emotion. Out. No, not at all. No. But you talk about doing things in a certain way in certain areas that give you a better chance of succeeding in the long run. Now, you know, did we did we predict or did we really presume we were going to get from third to second to first in, in two moves? No. Um, but did we try to make the most of that and plan as much as we could as that was looking like it was a possibility? Because we finished fifth that season. Um, so, you know, we we got into the playoffs mm. as one of the, low, as, as the you know, second lowest ranking team mm. in the playoffs. Mm. Um, and... We took full advantage of the opportunity, but then we had to suddenly change gear and change speed once we got up into La Liga. And that is always going to be the hardest thing is when you get promoted, how much resilience can you build in ahead of time to then make yourself best prepared for the next division? And that is the ultimate challenge. Now, this is our second time we've come up in in two Mm -hmm. seasons. So my sort of... My aim was always, my ambition was always with all those pl- people that we work with to be in a better place this time than, than we were last time. And yes. is that enough? Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, we're, we're, we're midway, well, not midway, we'll be midway through the season come Christmas and, and, and we'll, be, we'll have a much better idea of where we fit in the jigsaw of, of the league by, by then. Aside from the things that are, <clears throat> that are being done structurally mm. or commercially, mm. uh, culture changing, the club seems to have been quite adept about um, squad rebuilding and in terms of when to spend whether to mm. spend how to loan mm. um, I don't know what you think about Pablo Ortels um, but he came in and had a role in it, at least from having been very successful at Villarreal mm. to stand out for me because Kang and Lee or Lee Kang mm. In mm. if you respect the Korean culture of the order of the names and Taki Kubo mm. um, I've got a particular debility for Taki Kubo because I think that um, he's one of these players that you, you have to uh, ignore the fact that he's quite um, diminutive uh, yeah. and, and modern football can make that harder. You mm. have to be ultra clever as well as talented and quick. And he's, at the moment he's injured, but I, I've seen him respond differently to how well he shows his abilities depending on how well he thinks the mm. coach trusts him. Mm. I think he's very much somebody who needs to believe, right, he loves me, therefore I'm going to mm. give everything. And and Lee, um, the South Korean, whose talent is evident, is very irascible, mm. loves a red card, occasionally does things where you're like, yes, right, there's no question about your vision, your passing ability, your wit in closed spaces, but they're both risks to a degree. Mm. But I expect you might tell me that if the squad is well built and well coached with Luis Garcia great Tom Hanks impersonator in fact there was a brilliant Mallorca Elche game the other day where it was Tom Hanks against Michael Aspel I don't know if you've seen Elche's coast but he is yeah. Michael Aspel those two interests me interest me what do you think about their trajectory what do you think mm. about how they're playing so first of all with Pablo we, we interviewed um, for sporting director <laughs> um, I'm laughing because it was um, it seems Trying to think, the, the lockdown. We've had an odd couple of years. I mean, it's it's so yeah. So I've lost all time yeah. frame. So so he came in at, at at a time when we we'd we'd been through the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, we were in the bottom, you know, bottom places, and and invariably got relegated. Vicente went. Um, so we 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 interviewed Pablo and and other candidates, and Pablo between ownership and and you know myself the board. Um, we 
felt was the right person to represent what we wanted in terms of the development of the squad o- over the next period of time. Knowledge of the market, knowledge of La, uh, of La Liga, mm-hmm. um, and and obviously so well connected um, with all of his experience that he had in in, in the Villarreal um, setup. Um, and then and then yeah, this this window again, you get promoted. You look at okay, who which positions are priorities for us, and we've we've brought in a, quite a few players during the summer window. Um, and what is the what is the sort of so you've you've picked two really good examples there because obviously Kubo is a lone player from from Real Madrid, so it's a short term in relationship with him in one sense, mm-hmm. but it's the second time we've had him on loan. So we've watched his development. We know the personality. We know the character from the first loan. We're confident in his his attitude and his his work rate, his ethic, and and his value to the to the team in that sense. And then he's he's developing as a as a as a player. You know, at twenty twenty one, he's gaining more and more experience. And so, therefore, to your point, um, how consistent is he at delivering the, the the obvious talent that he has? And how does that fit in with with what what else we've got? And we've seen him as a player that we um, are investing in impact. You know, we want him to deliver, and it, and with both of them, they're both players that need the coach to feel that he he values them. At, you know, I think the best relationships between coaches and their players, particularly young players, is that fatherly paternal mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they're not tough on them. No. It doesn't mean they're not you know demanding higher standards. But there's an affection and a relationship that is special because you're you're helping that player develop, and you've got to give them the ability to. To, especially creative players to, to yeah. take risks to try things to pick themselves up when they've fallen down go again to keep wanting the ball be brave and both of them are if you watched um, Kang and Lee the, uh, the last game against Elche takes up some great positions and he wants the ball he's on the half turn all the time and we're trying to be a team our identity as a team is to be a, 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 an aggressive mm-hmm. um, forward thinking team playing vertically not passive football and you see that a lot you know I'm learning about Spanish football culture and my culture and my background is about you know high intense pressing um, getting the ball forwards early taking opportunity to to risk passes high turnover in the Premier League of of the ball completely different to Spanish culturally it's very different but um, I believe wholeheartedly that Spanish football is changing and has been for a Mm. while that there is more you know, there is more sort of tempo over 90 minutes, more aggression, more physicality, more risk-taking. And, and we're a team that, that believes in that. The coach believes in it. We believe in it. Um, and these type of players are really important to get the best out of that system um, and, to, and to, play, to play between the lines forwards, you know. Um, and it comes, again, it comes with risk. It comes with a lot of risk. Younger players, you know, will make mistakes, you know, um, Physically, you've got to you've got to adapt players to to the intensity of of the game. So it's it's for both of them. It's going to be a case of building that um, resilience. And unfortunately, as you said, Kubo had a against Real Madrid. Funny enough, had, yeah. a, had an, an awkward um, twist and, and damaged his knee. So there's a period of time that that he's out for. But but ultimately, for him coming in on loan is mm. is. Is it, the message is obvious? We need him to play. We need him to play and be be important. But if I was streetwise, mm. if I were, I wish I were. <laughs> I would say that um, I've seen stranger scenarios. He can't play at Real Madrid at the moment, irrespective of mm. where would he fit and Vinicius yeah. and Rodrigo and mm. Haaland's coming and look at Mbappe's coming to all that. Pitch. Yeah. Um, they can't afford him because he's not a community player, and they've used up all their slots. Mm. There have been stranger scenarios whereby. They still can't and still can't and still can't. You got another year of loan. They go, yep. listen, we'll let you have him for X many million. There is a real Absolutely. possibility that he stays a Mallorca player. Yeah, the thing is, we're you know, we're always with every loan player. Mm. We're we're always looking at how we can make that relationship more valuable than just the time, just the period right. of, of loan. And that's, mutually, not and just for mutually, the club. No, 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 no. Mutually. Absolutely, because yeah. ultimately. You know, we're in a position, you know, economically, the, the, our, our, our ranking, all of those things, our, our, our environment. We've got to, we've got to box clever. We've, we've got to, we've got to find ways of, 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 of 
developing players, of having relationships, getting players in that are above our pay grade, shall we say, um, that we can build, um, you know, we can build a trust with. And so again, I think the bi- the biggest compliment we can have as a football club is that Take was with us two years ago and, and wanted to come back. Yeah. Um, and that relationship is fundamental to him coming to play with us. Mm-hmm. His status in the team in terms of the games he'll get and of course, always based on merit, always based on the coach's decision. Absolutely. But you, um, you know, we, we feel that, that, that the relationship is what has given us the opportunity to, to, to bring him back into the squad. And that's, that's a massive tick in the box of, of how we're operating as a, as a, as a football club. And, but with every player, of course, my first question is, you know, if, if he has a good year, what's the option? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can we do? Be ready. Because, because that's, the, it'd be, it would be um, really poor show if we didn't do that, I mm. think. And, and look, over the next few years, the first priority is to stay in La Liga. Yeah. Of course, that has to be fundamental. But behind, sitting behind that has to be, how do we stay in La Liga and build quality? How do we build depth in our positions? How do we improve in every area? So whether it's, you know, the left-backs... How do we improve our left backs over the next three, five years? But equally, it could be recruitment. Can we do? Can we work on a recruitment process that's that's more sophisticated, more successful? Medical? Are we doing the right things there? Whatever it is, all the departments have to always be under scrutiny to improve because mm. I, because that's what creates consistency on the pitch, um, and that's the that's the joy of it. Because yeah. I, I I love it. Yeah. I, I have to say it's it's so fulfilling. Um, but at the same time, it's a, it, it, it's a different, there's a different stress because I can't do anything about it on a match day. Whereas actually, I would always say I could. I can always, I can always stop a goal. I can always <laughs> mark the best player on the pitch and I can always create something for someone else to score. Whereas now, that whistle goes and I'm sat there like everyone else going <laughs> and hiding behind my sofa on, on many occasions. Before the rest of this big interview, I'd like to tell you that our entire archive of audio and video content is now on our new YouTube channel. We've begun filming all of our interviews, and there are already loads of clips with guests, including Rio Ferdinand, Connor Cody, Brendan Rogers, and Jamie Carragher, plus full interviews for you to watch and to share. Please do share with friends. Go to YouTube and search Graham Hunter or click on the link in the show notes to this episode and become a subscriber. I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a good stress, I think, and it's it's um, it's nice to build. Mm. It's nice to, when you build to be in a position at least to say to people, "Well, that person or this mm. department deserves mm. time." I believe in them. I'm really pissed off that we lost uh, one nil at home to yep. Elche, but 
no, I won't process. Mm. Uh, a little request would be please save Chelsea's star Billy Gilmore from his hell at Norwich and <laughs> come half a season in the league. I would have thought, but because. Yeah. Joking aside, becoming a trusted club where certain yeah. other big clubs think, yeah, no, Absolutely. we can help the process because we'll get something back again. Yeah. That's probably what you're aiming at. I think before leaving Mallorca, because there's so much to talk about in terms of you, mm. um, what is the other team like then? The team of Andy and Robert and people, some people will know about Nash, some mm. won't. Stewart, some people will know mm. about because they, they he played excellently until injury, yeah. um, treated him brutally. brutally. I think Rafa Nadal is, and Miguel Ángel are, are, are there or thereabouts, and Tony, they, they are they are islanders, and I'm Absolutely. not sure how formal their involvement is, but they yeah. are vocal, they're high yeah, profile. Yeah. That's, if you include yourself, mm. that's quite a conglomeration of experience <laughs> and yeah. talent mm. um, and ideas and determination. Yeah, so, so we run very much by consensus, which is great. We have, okay. the ownership have a huge amount of trust in the day-to-day operations of the club. Alfonso Diaz, who's the CEO. Pablo, obviously, sporting director. Mm-hmm. Myself, I work between ownership and, and, and the guys on the ground. So it's all based on, on, on a, a, I think, a consensus of trust, of, of strong opinion, um, of getting behind something that we all agree on. So once there's a, a debate about something, once we've settled on a, on a pathway... We'll, we'll fall in behind that decision because that's really important. The problem is I think if you're, if you're seeking you know, a, a consensus or you're seeking opinions and you want people to be confident in giving their viewpoint and, and really challenging, um, you've also got to then, when you come to a decision, you've also got to make sure that everyone falls in behind that and gives 100% support. So that, that is something, again, that... that I would. I do naturally. I, I would always do that. I would never say I have the answer to something, but you better believe if you ask me to find out about yeah. something, I'm going to go and research it well. I'm going to put together my argument. I'm going to say why I, th- I believe in this. I'm going to evidence it, and then I'm going to want you to challenge that and and challenge it properly because otherwise I'm going to feel. Oh, hang on, you know, don't just say no because that's not what we don't we don't do that. That's not good enough, you know. So, you know, so that's a particular culture you're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. The culture you've just identified in the last four and five minutes mm. is not the general culture in football. No, but it's the clubs that you yeah, yeah no absolutely which we, you know there's not the hierarchy that you would expect in in a lot of in a lot of consensus. Clubs. It largely doesn't matter, yeah. and people will tell you instantly, "Oh, it doesn't work." You've mm. got to, yeah, they, they, but, but let's you're, see. You're finding, but you're, <laughs> at the moment you're finding it. No, I, mm. you're finding it that it functions absolutely that it feels nourishing that it feels yeah. a good place and, and whether it's disputes or different opinions you've found a way to incorporate mm. everything and make a democracy like that work yep yep and, and again it, it doesn't it doesn't hamper decisions that's the key thing because you can you can talk about something you know let's have a round table and chat for ages never make a decision yeah at the end of it the board, the owners, the sh- have to make a decision. Yeah, but you're, and, 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 but, but you're, you're all in your, in, from you to mm. the Americans and, and the mm. New Yorkans. We're talking about you know multi-million pound yeah. businessmen used yeah. to being s- successful, used to having their word mm. listened to and taken. Yeah. I'm sure it's quite a busy, uh, forward-moving environment when yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. for that. Absolutely, and, and credit to them. You know, really credit to them. You know, Andy, Andy is a former t- a tennis. professional tennis player. Yeah. He has a he has a sporting mentality and he he understands, you know, he would he would say that he's learning all the time about football. They're in the Phoenix Suns basketball team, you know, so they they're in elite sport but but basketball and and football very different animals, different, you know, t- so so where I credit both Andy and Robert and, and, and the other shareholders is that they're open-minded. Mm-hmm. They're really open-minded to, to, to and want to understand. They, they don't just say, well, look, this is what we do here, so this is what yeah. you have to do here. Yeah. And, you know, again, we're all learning from them and their experience in their businesses, in their, with, with the Phoenix Suns. You know, what a rich vein of, of knowledge that, 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 that we, can, um, we can sort of gain from. Um, so, again, it's about applying expertise in the right areas, isn't it? So... I find my value is about understanding the culture of a dressing room, mm-hmm. the impact of decisions on the dressing room. How do we manage 
the transition from a group of players to a new group of players as we as we evolve. Mm-hmm. So all these wonderful players I was talking about, the four, five, six players that, that were the store and they're they're legends within mm-hmm. within our club. You know, Cisco Campus, who was our yeah. captain for many years, you know, he is Majorcan through and through, cares about that club so much. And, you know, he got to a point, he's a centre-back, got to a point where we got promoted and it was obvious that, that he couldn't play for us at that point, you know. And that was out of uh, you know, admiration for him. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've spent, and we've spent the last two years communicating with Cisco all the time as he carried on playing football. Because I said to him, look, if you stop playing football and when you feel you can carry on playing, you'll always regret that. So... Go and play football and then keep in touch and, and we'll always, he's, he's always going to be part of the fabric of that club, whether it's officially, unofficially, whether he has a role or not. He, you know, because ultimately those people are fundamental. If they're the right people, mm-hmm. that has to be the, the case. Yeah. They have to have the right, um, the right sort of, uh, I suppose, values as well. But West Ham fans of my generation mm. will be thinking, yeah, we used to see Bobby Moore sitting up in the top of the stands because he wasn't welcome back at the club. And no. so again, everything you're explaining mm. makes common sense. Mm. People will be going, yeah, that's right. I don't mm. know Cisco very well, but Graham's right that it. it it doesn't work like that. Football mm. clubs <laughs> treat you like once you're yeah. your litter. Yeah. Not but, always, but, but I, often. Yeah, and, and for me, again, I, I can only draw my own experiences and I can think what what helped me and um, um, what what was what was good about experiences and what were the negatives of some experiences as well and then try and do it differently. Mm. You know, where where I can and where mm. I think it's a value. Now I might. We had a really difficult time, as every football club did, when when the game stopped. Yeah. And you're dealing with players in Spain. Mm-hmm. They took salary cut mm-hmm. in Spain. Almost across the board. across the yeah. board. Okay. Yeah. So you imagine how delicate that conversation was with with the players, yeah. because the players they're like, well, you know, we want to we want to play. Yeah. We, we haven't we haven't invented this, you know. Mm-hmm. So so navigating through that conversation mm-hmm. and coming out the other side without damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, is really really difficult but also explaining being honest enough to explain to the players that that the financial impact on on the club itself and therefore ownership is real Mm. and and how do we how do we get that balance between between you know maintaining our sort of responsibilities to the players and their salaries versus keeping everyone employed for that period of time playing coming back and playing without fans for a period of time, therefore loss of revenue. And, and I think, well, if I was in the dressing room, I'd just want you to be honest with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd, I want you to respect me and be honest. And then, and then I've got a chance of, if I'm one of the captains, which I was at Chelsea for many years, of a, you know, the leadership group, we've got a leadership group. I'm thinking if I'm one of those leaders within that dressing room, if you give me the, the information, I've yeah. got a chance of convincing those guys that they're not just doing it because they've got an opportunity to save some money. To cut costs. They're doing this because of this, this and this. And again, it's, a, it's part of a relationship. Now, it's not, you have to stand up to, to people as well. You have to be prepared to say, well, that's a line we can't cross. Yeah. Um, but working with people to, to, to give them the information, I think, is a really important part of, of getting them on side and getting them aware of, of the reality of, 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 of how something like COVID or not having fans back impacts on the club as a whole. So, yeah, it, I think, uh, to your point earlier as well, and this gets me thinking, I think Mallorca's a really fascinating place as well I think it I do think it I look at it as different you know as you said it's an island I grew up in an island yeah so when I've had Mallorcans say to me when I first mm-hmm. started well, oh you know you're not from Mallorca you don't know you know you don't know Islanders you know we're from we're Mallorcan and I'm you like hang on a minute Stinky Bay I've been Come, back, yeah. you know, I, I know Stinky <laughs> exactly. Bay and Grunet Come to Jersey we're very similar <laughs> and so so um so that sort of disarms people a little bit and I would always look at, at the I think the the unique nature of an island mm-hmm. um, and the unique opportunity that comes with that you've got you do you are different you've got an opportunity to be different. Mallorca as an island is, you know, incredibly cosmopolitan. Huge, um, has been for four or five decades. Absolutely. So so there's so many things that you can tap into, um, and and again going back to that sort of identity is well what sort of if if you if I was a fan of Mallorca, grew up in the island watching my local team play. 
what would I want them to represent? I'd want them to be aggressive. Yeah. I'd want them to fight. You know, Mallorca's been um, uh, invaded for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. They can fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they produce fantastic athletes. You know, Olympians, Rafa you talk about. You see young kids going up mountains on bikes age eight. You know, they, they live in their environment. The outdoor life is a big thing. Rowers. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a grittiness about, for me, again, it's, it's a huge stereotype, I don't know, <laughs> but, but it's something I noticed, hard work, you know, hard-working um, people, and I think, well, that's, that represents the island. So, do we, we, as a team, we've got to, we've got to wear that shirt with, that, with those values. It's quite, if, if your project, I know that you, you know, you're not getting carried away because you, you said very clearly the, the, the main thing is to keep the club in La Liga mm. and mm. then build and develop with the right people mm. and uh, uh. But if you can be part of not just re-energising the ent- identity of the mm. club but help re-energise the identity of the island an island that feels that it's o- overwhelmed by tourists mm. for six or seven months every year where there's overuse of water mm. by tourists who come mm. there's crazy things done in the name of progress whereby the beauty of the island might be under threat. All mm. these things, mm. you talked about invasion, but there's another type of invasion <laughs> to what Mallorca <laughs> is, and it's, yeah. it's very real to them. And if you're mm. giving, if you can, say over two, three, mm. five, ten years, give them back something that's a mm. central place of pride when you see mm. the red shirts and the, the badge and whatever, that's a really big project. Yeah, and it sounds a bit sort of like, wow, aren't we, you know, we have this, this, this sort of opportunity to do something like that i think it's it's the hard work it's the commitment it's the it's the day-to-day um things that you bring that create something over time mm-hmm. so but the but what we're trying to what we're trying to do is you know i think every football club i don't think i know every single football club represents a community whether that's in this country whether it's in spain the roots of all football is is, is are in the community and that's a brilliant opportunity i think for for anyone now pulling against that is the commercial side of of, of football the success of football the you know the salaries that fans can feel disconnected from the players because you know these guys are getting further away from them in terms of of, of, of the relationship potentially um but you know, in very simple terms, I look at I look at Mallorca and and the work I'm doing in Mallorca, and I think, well, the, the, my main responsibility is obviously my professional responsibility to to helping put in my ideas that help make that club successful, but also the the relationship between the fans and the club and get them behind us because those experiences, like you said about the Deportivo game, sitting there in a stadium full of fans sharing that moment you can't replace that now whether you're a player doing it or or someone who's you know has a tiny involvement in the way that I do to an extent it it doesn't matter it's the connection between all of those things happening at once and and yeah we have a you know we have a relationship obviously with the with with the council with the island with the Balearic um, tourist board for instance we're you know we're very aware of our place Mm -hmm. and and I think that that any 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 sporting occasion, any, um, any anything that, that, that brings people together to celebrate a, an event, and whether that, you know, again, you walk away 50% of the time happy, 50% of the time really upset, but it's, it's fabric, isn't it? It's, it's what makes people, you know, makes people's weak or destroys it, but, but, but no, people knowing that we're trying we're trying to do what we can to make the team successful and, and be part of you know, part of the island going forwards, and we we need we need their support. Um, you know, everyone's support to, to to help us make that happen as well. Listen, for listeners, go on your holidays, pick pick Mallorca. Oh, absolutely. Go to San Mosh in yeah. the winter, wherever you are. It's not just a British and Irish audience mm. that listen to us. Wherever you are, you're looking for blue skies and a nice weekend, fly to Mallorca, go to San Mosh, mm. support. Team, it's it's a good way to spend your life when you're not playing. It's a it's a I think it's an enriching and interesting way to spend your life. And watching the club from a distance, it's really clear mm. that the combination of your ideas and experience is is working. You've chosen to coach well. Our wonderful sponsors, Bet365, support us. They've sent a range of questions. One of them that I like, the best wide player winger that you had to face, somebody that 
really whether you liked their game or respected their game or not was a real pain in the arse to have to mm. play against well fortunately I played against all of the best players of, of, of my generation and, and they all come with different challenges mm. Um, I think standout there isn't because everyone there, there are various problems you face as a fullback. So I think there's pace, yeah. Um, there's trickery. So I think from a pace and a combination of the two, I would say probably Brian Laudrop. When I made my debut against um, when I played against um, wow. Denmark, yeah, it might have been because it was my debut at Wembley. Okay. So you can imagine the context of that, having grown up in Jersey, watching every cup final since I can remember, and then my first ever game at Wembley. Was um, being the was first Islander to play first for Channel Islander to play for for, for England. Yeah. Terry Venables' first game against Denmark, who were a phenomenal team. There, yeah. obviously, Michael, his yeah. brother, and the rest of the team were excellent. And pl- coming up against Brian, there was that was a tough, tough game because he was quick mm. and technical. Could come in, could go outside. They used him really well. He would be right up there. Um, Figo, I played against. And again, you you put you don't necessarily put Brian Laudrup and Figo in the same category in terms of their status, but but the challenge was a different challenge, but but equally as for, wait, as for wide players, both of them are reasonable units. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah than Brian, but Brian is yeah yeah, yeah no he's strong yeah, yeah, yeah. and Figo yeah, yeah. might not be six two yeah, yeah, yeah both but, of them but, are, yeah. are and, and and yet were quick and elegant absolutely yeah. Um, uh, Zidane played although he played in midfield he'd drift out to that right hand side so one of the nicest feelings I ever had as a football player was when Zidane pissed off to the other side <laughs> of the pitch because <laughs> I thought oh, I've definitely won I've won Zidane's uh, gone to the left he's gone to, he's gone to destroy the, le- uh, the right back now so you know um, but even players like Angelo Delivio Whoa, yeah. Juventus what they, a worker we played as wing backs both of us so not often did you play back three and wing backs against back three and wing backs True. it was quite an unusual yeah. uh, system then yeah. Italy did and we did and Angelo and I played against each other three or four times in quite su- uh, close succession massive challenge playing against him because he was busy and aggressive physical and, yeah. never never gave, you know everything about him was, was and we had we had huge respect for each other so, it's nice to hear. So, um, I think he's stuck. I think he's one of those when Juve were relegated mm, for the Calciopolis. I yeah. think he's one of those who went, no, I'm staying. Yeah. I'm going to build Wouldn't surprise me. I'm pretty sure that's He right. was, a, he, again, uh, but look, I could reel off a list of <laughs> 50 wingers. and The great thing about your answer you know, is you've enjoyed all of these. Every team you play against, you know, Beck, I played against Beckham so many times I played against Ronaldo young Ronaldo when he made you know in his first season at United and you know luckily I had loads of experience and, and he was young and he would do 87 step overs and, and, and with experience you just watch the ball it was and then just excessive was yeah it reminded me of have you seen Raiders of the Lost Ark you know I'm obviously very um, you know, the, very well read exactly and then you just shoot them <laughs> exactly uh, that was that li- was listeners <laughs> Graham and Neil and I both How did you wielded know? imaginary scimitars <laughs> and then we're all waiting and then we pull out the Luger and bang you're dead <laughs> as Graham did when he nicked the ball at Christiana who was standing there going you can't do this I'm going to be CR7 <laughs> and so so, and, and again I think when you play at, at, at that level Every single player you play against is, is going to have something. That Chris Waddle, I mean, uh, what one a of our player. earliest guests. What a player to play against. Yeah. Left footed on the right wing, used his body like no look one you, else. Look what you've just done. I you've know. done a Chris. Yeah, because we, we sat in his loft asking yeah. him, did you know how to do what you're doing? Or was I, and he talked us through it every millimetre. Right. About if your shoulder went like that, his shoulder went, yeah, how, yeah, quick, yeah. how much he'd show you over the ball and what he'd do to yeah. you. He, he could talk forensically yeah. about what he did, which Absolutely. not everybody And could. there weren't many inverted no. winningers no. those days. So coming up against a left footer playing on the right wing was, was again another challenge. And I was a younger player. So trying to understand how to control... So as a defender, your job is to take control of the winger. When he has the ball, you've got to take control of that situation because if he owns that situation, you're in trouble. If, if you own that situation, you've got a much higher chance of, of, of success. Okay? So getting them into a position where you're in control is obviously the challenge. So, so I would either get somebody into a position where I'm showing them down the wing mm-hmm. or I'd get somebody into a position where I'm stopping them going down the wing and showing them not inside there but across the pitch. But was this always your choice or were there sometimes team orders? Like team orders. So, so George Graham always said show them inside. Yeah. So we would show inside most of the time. But with Chris, 
you couldn't show him inside because he would just move the ball away from you. And with a left footer there, as soon as they take the ball away from you, they're moving it yards away from you. So you've got, you can never make up that ground before they've crossed it. So I would stand on Chris's left foot, outside his left foot, really, to say, you're going down there, mate. Mm-hmm. And he could go down there. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. He could also do that, but he, that wasn't the better plan option a. for you. Yeah. So, so that was that. But every time he did the shift, you had to do the shift as well. But by the time you've done the shift, he's already moving it away from you. So your shift is slightly after his. Does, it, does that it, make sense? Well, totally. And, and, it, and that's the challenge. And yeah. then the delivery or the movement into that next space to, could take you out the game. Because once he's got past you, yeah. you're, you can't. You either foul him or, or he's running into the box, or whatever. But he was such a such a gifted player. Him, Steve McManaman was like that as well. He yeah. he, he had the same body movement, and they neither of them looked like athletes. <laughs> No. <laughs> As players, they didn't, did they? No, they didn't. And also, I think both of them had a, a good old-fashioned, very old-fashioned, lackadaisical mm. um, football. It's great to be one though. if we can, but we, we're supposed to have fun. And mm. the reason him and I are, are grinning a little bit is, well, apart from the fact that yeah, Chris played for Neil's beloved Falker, is mm. that he talked to us about when he was on his game, particularly when he went back to Sheffield, but when he was doing what you've described mm. and, and he lost a full back or he came inside or whatever or he was on the ball you could hear the clack 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 of people seats of people mm. and that's yeah. why we're all at this yeah, mean, yeah. yeah that's why we're still talking about I used about to get this. that I used to get that people stood up and I presume to applaud but they were leaving <laughs> <laughs> don't believe Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true. Graham Hunter and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here end of the lesson. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.